and boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to another special edition of Boom Goes a Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, man? I, Jeff, how do you think I'm doing? Uh, how do you I, think I'm doing, Jeff? Uh, the uh, the phrase pig and shit comes to mind. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get to it. Um but I'm, I'm feeling okay. Uh, there's a lot to discuss, man. I would love to get into the pleasantries. And, and you know, I love exchanging pleasantries with you, Jeff. We're, we're pleasant guys. We're this all about pleasant the podcast. pleasantries. I think, I think one of the reasons people listen to this podcast is because of how pleasant, specifically, I am. Uh, uh, I'm known to be very nice and very pleasant to basically everyone I interact with, especially online and on wrestling Twitter. So I'm, I'm going to continue <laughs> that streak of pleasantness right now. Oh, yes. Um, uh, no, there's there there's a lot to get into. It's been an eventful week after an eventful night one of Fighter Fest, uh, which we had a great time watching. Yeah, we did. And, uh, and now, we're, and a lot's happened in between and over the last two hours. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you're the one who wanted to continue the feud uh, with, with with folk online. I, of course, you know, just threw in some some uh, you know just some you know I didn't even insult the guy I just said you know hey uh, <laughs> you kind of said this shit already so you know yeah, no, uh, we, we won't even we don't even get into that but let's needless to say a very washed up wrestler uh, saw a joke I told about him and uh, retweeted it in a feeble attempt to uh, uh, get you know some some stuff on his side uh, he couldn't get more than two people to try and roast me and they both failed miserably just like this particular pro wrestler did uh, uh so eat shit eat shit glenn all right let's move yeah, on from that uh, let's well, talk about the more fun stuff so well time out here hold on okay. hold on hold on you're, you're yeah. missing the part where the the dude accused my my all japan podcast <laughs> of, of not being racially pure enough so it's like yeah. well i mean okay so that's the the thing is he's right it's definitely not racially pure enough he's he's i mean you can't say he's wrong whether or not you consider that a point of criticism, now that's where things can vary. Yeah, but objectively, my... your podcast not about racial purity. No, uh, nor nor all Japan for that matter. <laughs> not, objectively, not about racial purity. So, I mean, while factually correct, uh, you know what side you lie on, it, it can really affect uh, uh, you know your perception there. Uh, uh, Jesus Christ! Did you watch Dark or Elevation this week? N- Nothing besides Max, Max Caster uh, producing a baguette from his trunks and throwing it at Julia Hart. Okay, yeah, I, I didn't watch anything. <laughs> which, I, 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 which I, did happen, which you know brings me back to Max Caster possibly being my favorite wrestler. Um, I did catch a lot of the rumors uh, going around. 
more than rumors. So we should probably kind of organize all that before we get into uh, a very eventful Fighter Fest night, too. Uh, but yeah, a couple of big names floating around this week. I guess we'll start with uh, uh, Chicago's own Philip Brooks. Yes, and in, indeed, uh, the, the 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 talk is back again. That yes. uh, that, it looks that... like the word is CM Punk uh, is actively in talks to, to return to wrestling. Uh, AEW seems like the most likely destination, according to what folks are saying. Uh, if it happens, we obviously know when and where it's going to happen. So there's really no reason to speculate that. If they're bringing them, we know what city it's going to be in and when right. night it's going to So I guess there's no reason to really speculate on that more until something happens. It's been years and years. What can we say about the potential of CM Punk returning that hasn't already been repeated and repeated ad nauseum? And we don't necessarily need to kick that dead horse. Uh, I just have one question because I've never really actively talked about CM Punk before. Has wrestling moved on from CM Punk? Um, yes and no. I don't think as I still think there's got plenty of fans and support. And I still think there's plenty of buzz when any, a guy like him comes back, whether it's five, 10, 15 or 20 years, there's always going to be something. Did the crescendo of where he was post uh, WWE exit kind of rise? And are we on the backswing of that? Absolutely. Yeah. I think if we were to maximize exactly where his popularity was, it would have been all in, in 2018. I yeah, think that's where you're right. It would have. That's where it was at the top. If it was going to happen at its absolute highest point, I think that's where since then. Yeah, I don't think it's completely moved on. And I think uh, if and when he does return to television, it's going to be a big deal. But, I mean, uh, now, now, but now you have to figure though that there is a generation of fans. And by that, I mean, I don't mean like the younger versus older. I mean, like when they got into it, because it doesn't matter. I mean, my honey only got into pro wrestling in 2015, watching New Japan on access. So, I mean, there is, I mean, there is a generation of fans that have never experienced CM Punk. Yeah. And this would mean, and this would mean all, all they know about CM Punk is that he left the WWE and, you know, maybe cut a promo in 2011 or whenever and that was. And got his ass kicked twice in real fights. Right, exactly. So don't forget so. that. Like, uh, for, So, yeah, and I understand that. Like, for a lot of people, and I, maybe not even for a lot, but for some wrestling fans, he's just a guy who quit and then got beat up a couple times and they don't see what the big deal is. To a lot of people, I would say probably my age group, you know, the elder millennial wrestling fan is probably where his, his biggest, you know, portion of his fan base still lies. People that were watching wrestling, you know, throughout the early reality era. And, you know, obviously probably 2007 to 2012 would probably be uh, Punk's big sweet spot there, especially 2012. I mean, I I remember him, you know, even before Ring of Honor form. You know, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. if you're and if you're if obviously if you're from the, the greater Chicago area or the Midwest in general and you've been following independent wrestling for a long time, uh, he was a big deal on the indie circuit and probably a pretty big part of the uh, the next wave of that rise of indie wrestling uh, kind of post his WWE run. I think his success raised the profile of Midwestern indie wrestling uh, and, you know, stuff like AAW to where, you know, a chance to, to get to where it is now. Yeah. Well, on that note, you know, someone else who came up through around that same era has been getting name dropped too. And allegedly, according to one source, as we go to air here, um, one has source a, has, has a done deal, but other reliable, you know, journalists are comfortable uh, running with that person's story. Yes. Yeah, so uh, allegedly, one Mister Brian Danielson is the is American all Dragon. Elite. Is, it, is sewn up. He, he's probably getting the graphic. And as of now, again, this is all 
Um, and who broke that story, Jeff? Can we credit the uh, Can we credit the author for that? Well, it looks like Body Slam dot net was the with the website. Uh, the last I had looked, uh, Sean Ross Sapp uh, wasn't exactly denying it. He wasn't exactly confirming it either, but he wasn't exactly denying it. So yeah, it, well, it wasn't SRS that ended up breaking the story, though. I just like to try to give credit, but understood. Uh, to uh, um, to, I mean, the, the point is Daniel Bryan's probably all sewn up. Uh, oh, Cassidy Haynes, a body slam. So shout out Cassidy Haynes for breaking the story. Um, okay. Yeah. So it looks like that's all sewn up. And tentatively, the this is kind of rumor and innuendo. I don't think this is as an, an obviously could change, right? But the word is they're planning on bringing him in at the uh, Arthur Ashe Arena event uh, in uh, September 22nd in New York. Yeah, so that'll yeah, so we won't yeah, that'll be after all out, obviously. But I mean, with we've already got one big in. Well, I mean, who knows? We'll see. Well, like uh, like our boy Shivani said, that'll put some butts in seats. Indeed. And with that, we go live to the Curtis Colwell Center in Garland, Texas, for night two of AEW Fighter Fest 2021. Your hosts. Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. We go right into the first match of the evening. Chris Jericho versus Sean Spears for the first labor of Jericho in which Sean Spears can use a chair, but Chris Jericho cannot. Uh, MJ- that is laborious. A- MJF does join on commentary. And yes, this match was laborious. <laughs> I have I to mean, say. Honestly, I thought Chris Jericho looked really engaged. Yeah, and but... I think this is probably the biggest upswing to this whole thing is that this is obviously something cre- Chris Jericho has a lot of creative investment in. You know, this five labors of Jericho thing and all this, this is all like straight up out of his brain. And when it comes to these type of things and when he's really dialed in, he'll give you some good work. And Sean Spears, to his credit, while struggling to make a connection with the crowd post, you know, his perfect 10 character days is a good hand. That's why he's there, right? And and guys like that always give Jericho good, interesting matches, I think. So I didn't think it was bad. Yeah, it ju- it was just kind of an okay TV match, mostly. Yeah, there was a couple know? little little pace things here and there that kind of didn't click. But no, I, I thought, um, and I thought the finish was very good. Uh, that last kind of 30 seconds or so with the, uh, the, the th- you think it's going to be a chair TKO into the Judas effect. I thought that was well done. Yeah, that, that was, yeah, that, that but was. This match, a, yeah. this match wasn't about the match, Jeff. No, it was not. Uh, post-match, MJF uh, reveals what the second labor will be, and w- along with the stipulation that nobody else from the inner circle can help Jericho because, of course, uh, Sammy Guevara did give an assist earlier. Um, well, they're not going to want to come out to the ring anyway after this announcement. Right. Why because, would they want to? Well, the second labor, which will be next week, uh, will be a no-DQ match, and, and I'm going to let you run with this. Representing so, that Eastern Bloc, Hate Club, MDK, all fucking day. The man, the king, the fucking god of this shit, Nick fucking Gage. So you're, you're you're a little excited for this, are you? Jeff, I lost my mind <laughs> uh i think everybody did yeah this the fucking building came unglued as soon as as soon as they started picking up on like what this could be and mjf did a really good job you know teasing it and when he was like yeah this guy stabbed a guy in the neck this guy robbed him first he's like this guy stabbed somebody i'm like well new jack's dead so yeah, right <laughs> so it could be but there's no way he's like this man once robbed a, i'm like 
Mm, they still, who else robbed something? Bank, wait a second. With no mascot, okay, there's only one guy that fits this description, Nick Buck. I'm like, no! Yeah, um, really incredible stuff. This has been a long time coming. Uh, 22 years in the making for Nick Gage. We talked about his dark side of the ring and, you know, how much we really enjoyed that and what a great story. Oh, yeah. Um, what a truly incredible and inspirational story Nick Gage's journey is. Though I, though you know, I did though I did admit at the time, I was always a, actually a bigger fan of uh, his brother, uh, Justice Payne. So. And R.I.P. Justice Payne. Uh, and, you know, I thought the documentary did, did a pretty decent job touching on, you know, the, the tragedy of Justice Payne as well. Indeed. But, uh, you know, Nick deserves this, and very few people, maybe nobody in pro wrestling deserves it more than Nick. A uh, guy Lord. I met a couple times and, you know, couldn't have been, can't be a better guy. Uh, he's an awesome dude. He loves his fans. He loves professional wrestling. My God. He, he sleeps and breathes it, man. And uh, Nick Gage on on a major network, you know, network, quote unquote, cable uh, channel probably, TV. There were probably a million people watching Nick Gage tonight. Holy shit. <laughs> and, oh, uh, uh, just word coming in, fresh from Nick Gage's Twitter, which we know Nick probably doesn't run, but still. Uh, thanks, everybody. I got nothing new to say that I haven't already told you. I do this shit for my fans. It's real. I mean it. I got no family. You're all I got left in this world, and only reason I'm still here. It's GCW and MDK all fucking day. This one's for the gang. I love you guys. Let's fucking go. Um... So and that's did, really all that needs to be said, man. Nick Gage is at AEW. This is real. It's happening. So did and uh, so did MJF just uh, become the de facto babyface in this now? Because well, we're gonna hammer that point home later on in the show too. Because oh god, I think we I think we did a double turn throughout the course of this one. Oh god, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. This was I mean it was this is a high that I was riding for the rest of the show and it was like hard to focus for a minute. But man. Uh, I'm really excited. And if you're, you know, listening and you're not familiar with Nick Gage's work, which if you're listening to this podcast, I'd be surprised if you're not. But if you are not, go back and, and look up everything. Watch his dark side of the ring. I think that's a great, uh, a great starting point for Nick's story. Uh, watch what's available for his matches online. Watch the stuff, the David Arquette stuff. Uh, there, there's a lot there. There's so much lore and there's there's so much to learn and experience uh, with Nick Gage. And he's going to give us a show, man. And uh, all I can say is Chris Jericho's brave. Because, uh, you know, you can't go into this match and, and do this match without knowing how hard Nick is going to go for it. Oh, and if you God. think Nick's not going to absolutely fucking go for it on this stage, <laughs> Chris Jericho better be ready for violence. All right. Well, we we need a transition because... Um, I, sure. There's anything... Are you sure there's other things to talk about? Yeah. Yeah. There's actually quite a bit, actually. Uh, okay. Fine. Let's talk about the rest of the show. Okay. Uh, we then go <laughs> into a, a uh, pre tape promo with Miro. And oh, God, that blood sport tracksuit. Mm-hmm. See? Uh, yeah. I mean, somehow there is a vortex of AEW and GCW. And yes, I know there was a movie with that logo called Bloodsport. But I mean, the point is. <laughs> I mean, Miro's the drip god of AEW. It's just how it is. He's the best dressed man on the show. Good golly, Miss Molly. Uh, our second match of the evening, Frankie Kazarian against Doc Gallows. Uh, I have nothing to say about this match because uh, the picture-in-picture took me immediately out of it, and I could never really get back into it. I, you, and that's really unfortunate because I was going to ask you more about your thoughts on the match because I spent a good ch- chunk of it enjoying my delicious salmon dinner. Um, I grilled some cedar plank salmon today, and it was, it was wonderful. Uh, so I, I spent a lot of time enjoying that. I did catch some of the match, and I mean, as much as I like Frankie Kazarian, at first I was a little baffled by the ending, but as I give it some thought, 
this, you know, we talk about long-term storytelling. We talk about this being a slow burn thing. And, you know, Frankie Kazarian really finding something interesting in this lead hunter, hunter angle. So I'm going to let it kind of ride out. I did not expect Kazarian to lose, but with the numbers stacked up against him, it does make sense. Yeah, so Doc Gallows does get the win over Frankie Kazarian. Um, and then uh, we, we are joined, uh, you know, the, the good brothers, the new Impact uh, World Tag Team Champions, by the way, uh, joined by Kenny Omega and Don Callis, and they commence to a beatdown of uh, of Kazarian, which brings out Adam Page, which uh, of course starts sparks a brawl, and then Another we get and then we get... coming. The crowd really had their work cut out for them on this show, and I think they delivered at pretty much every possible moment. Uh, the Dark Order comes out and makes a save, and uh, two things. One, I think we, we have our team set now for the five versus five. That's what it looks like. Uh, so it and, will be, uh, it, know, will be Kenny, it will be Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and the Good Brothers versus Adam Page, Super Smash Bros, and the Beaver Boys. That's that's the team. You got to send out your best. You got to bring your best five. And then the, the do tag matches. These are your guys. I mean, how many five on five matches have the uh, the Beaver Boys uh, done and beyond? I don't know. Probably the Smash Brothers <laughs> probably, too. You know? probably These guys have probably done so many multi man tag matches. You got specialists there. Yeah. Uh, but also, I, I made a comment after Gallo's pin, and we we commenced the beatdown of Frankie Kazarian. I was like, you know, one day babies are going to get an actual tangible meaningful win against the elite and it will be great because but that's the thing is you don't do it until it really means something and you just keep building this animosity which i think is being done well and you know again it was an unexpected result for me but i'm you know i think it was the right result yeah you know again you know the at some point as at some point you have to quit pastiching 97 wcw you know <laughs> I mean, at some point, but some you know, it's point, been it's yeah. been it's been twenty years, and we haven't gotten there yet. <sighs> we then go backstage with Brian Cage watching a Team Taz promo, and uh, Ricky Starks uh, promises a party in uh, in Charlotte, North Kakalaka, next week. Uh, which then perfect Brian, to have this match. Brian Cage says something which he he's an awful promo, so I just tuned out. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and he doesn't have and he doesn't I, have Taz Brian and, and Starks working on it though. He listen, man. If you were to take his mic work from three, four, five years ago and put it up against now, it's he's made progress. Okay, well, I mean, if you listen to my podcast from oh, <laughs> versus now, there's been progress too. Oh, if you listen to mine, I still suck. But you know, some people are good at improving, and I think Brian Cage is one of them. Nope. I, is he great yet? No, but I think he's making a conscious effort. So, uh, my apologies. I've dropped this mic three times tonight. I don't know nice. what the hell's going on. Gravity is not working in this mic's favor tonight. Uh, our third match of the evening, Darby Allen versus Wheeler freaking Yuta. Um, yeah. and the, the, the thing that got me was that they, they just panned over and, uh, oh shit. It's Hikaleo of the bullet club. What is he crowd. doing here? He, mm. bu he bought his ticket. He bought a ticket. <laughs> I, that's the one thing about, you know, tickets being on your phone, no more paper tickets, is they can't do that spot where there's a guy in the front row and he pulls out his obnoxious looking ticket. Right. <laughs> He's like, look, I have the ticket. Oh, boy. Um, this was a fun. I would really like if they would hold up, like anytime a wrestler comes to like to, to like another show to show up, they should hold up like a big, like, you know, the, the checks, like the publisher's clearinghouse checks. Right. That, but a ticket. It's like a, it's like a ticket, but it's the giant check and just holding it the whole show like a sign. <laughs> 
They don't even do the publisher's clearinghouse anymore, do they? Yeah, the, the, the publisher's clearinghouse is just a direct deposit to your phone. Yeah, I don't even remember. I, I have. I don't remember the last time I've even it's seen a, 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 the piece of mail from the publisher. Ed, Ed McMahon shows up to your house and he's like, "Yes, do you have Zell?" <laughs> Ed McMahon dead. The ghost of Ed McMahon shows up and says, "Boo! Yes, do you have Zell?" Wait a minute. Hang on. Now I'm worried. Oh, Ed McMahon's <laughs> for sure dead. I mean, he has to be, but yeah, there's no way Ed McMahon is alive. Yeah, um, but wait a minute. Also, but oh yeah, he died. In- 2009 but also r.i.p ed mcmahon but also he didn't do publishers clearinghouse he did the other one the american oh, yeah. publishers i just had this conversation with somebody same shit yeah same scam <laughs> uh anyway back to the match uh this is a fun little tv match uh, oh, made, yeah. made even better by orange cassidy doing the bit but also Sting doing the bit, including a very lackluster chest thumping. That was awesome. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, one of the uh, the other spots of the night. Something highly anticipated. I really love seeing Sting going around and just, like, having fun on this little run. Like, he knows it's kind of his last little his little ride off into the sunset. And he's out there really enjoying himself. He, uh, like he he's, is? He's very clearly really been invested in this stuff with Darby Allen and has really leaned into it. And here he is just being a consummate professional and leaning right into it, knowing that the crowd will absolutely eat up him doing this. And, uh, you know, this is what makes Steve Stinger so great is he's really, really great at crowd work and something we haven't got to see him do, really, because he joined AEW during the pandemic. Uh, so staying with full crowds and, and having a, a real great time with it, something just great to see. Uh, I just want to point out, too, that, oh, God, Wheeler Yuta is so, so good. Wheeler Yuta is really, really good and matches up with Darby Allen so well. It gave a chance to Darby to really show off his like chain wrestling abilities. This was a match that was heavy on reversals, uh, and that's really fun for a television match. Ah, oh, boy. And a really good coffin drop to, to close it out. Yes, indeed. Uh, Darby Allen does get the win, and then uh, the blade comes by and uh, hits Orange Cassidy with the brass knucks once again foreshadowing for their match later in the evening. Wow, Um, we love aired threads. uh, We then get a uh, recap of John Moxley versus Lance Archer's Texas Death Match from Wrestle Kingdom 14 on January the 4th, 2020 from the Tokyo Dome. Uh, Did you watch that live? The Tokyo Dome one? I don't think I watched it live. I think I watched it the next day. Okay, I certainly did. (laughs) I, I sort of watched that shit remember. live. But anyway, yeah, it was it was a fun match. I liked it a lot. Our fourth match of the evening. Now, this was odd because this started in at the tail end of the first hour. We, it wasn't put into the women's segment, but Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. DMD. <laughs> I just said that. DMD. <laughs> Versus the native beast Nyla Rose, DMD uh, for yeah. Everyone's right. a dentist now. Nyla Rose, DMD. You're right. Your referee, Paul Turner, DMD. <laughs> uh, for the AEW Women's World Championship. Um, the first note I have on this, yeah, Tony Schiavone continuing to be a complete mark for Britt Baker is still funny to me. They're like legit bros. They're like best friends, and I think it's really cute. Um, what did you think of the match itself? There were ups and downs. There I were. Love, 
Nyla and Britt's uh, uh, chemistry. I love their animosity, and I think that this is something that we're going to come back to for years to come. I think at the end of the day, this match not being their best isn't going to really matter because they're going to have a long list of great matches against each other over the over the coming years. So, you know, I don't think it was perfect. I think there were some speed of some speed issues. And honestly, I thought the, the person that really fucked the matchup was Paul Turner. I thought Paul Turner had a bad match here. And I don't really like to bash refs, but he wasn't very good in this one. Yeah, there were some definite uh, flow. Like there were some timing issues. Like timing there, and like flow couple, issues, couple, yeah. like, like, Britt and Nyla clearly had to make up for Paul not being where he was supposed to be at, like, more than once. And that was kind of unfortunate. Uh, I thought Vicky uh, and, and her stuff in there was really good. I thought the Eddie Guerrero spot was very fun. Oh, God, yes, that was great. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there was, there was, it, it had its strong points, and I thought the finish was really good. Britt really locked that lockjaw in. Nyla sold it as, like, desperately trying, but just couldn't quite get there. And uh, we roll on, man. The, the DMD era is far from over. This didn't have to be a great match, but it was okay. Yeah, uh, Britt Baker, of course, does get the win. Uh, she gets her uh, her V1 defense now, so we're, we're, we're off to the races. Um, who's, who, who would you like to see Britt Baker uh, wrestle next for that title? Next or at All Out? Next. Ooh. Immediate future. Like, between now and All Out, what do we do? More Nyla or no more Nyla? Um, I think in the immediate future, maybe Yuka Sakazaki before she goes back to DDT. Ooh, Ooh that would be fun. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, you know, just before she goes back to DDT. They did just give her a big win on TV, so... Yep. Uh, uh, I like that. Let's do it. Yeah, before she yeah before she has to go back to, to DDT in Tokyo Joshi. Why not? Okay. You know what? That reminds me, and we'll get back to it at the end of the show, but I wanted to pose the questions that we posted on Twitter about uh, uh, Punk and Danielson. I wanted to talk them out a little bit live. We'll do that after we recap the, uh, the show. Okay. Uh, we then go to uh, highlights of a press conference with Tony Schiavone, uh, Santana, Ortiz... And the members of FTR. Uh, I just have one note on this. Santana rules. <laughs> Santana does rule. We've talked about how good Santana's been lately, but man, like I, I remember, I think what where it turned for me was spring break night two in New York when uh, uh, LAX wrestled uh, the Rock and Roll Express. Right. And uh, it was an absolute banger of a match. And then Santana grabbed the mic and cried about it. And to me, Boy. that was where it was like, this guy's really dialed in. He really sees something here. He's really on the upshot, and like he, uh, he's dedicated in a way that's going to make him a star. Yeah, and I we're mean, seeing it come to fruition now. This segment was it was good, edited a little bit weird. There were some really weird abrupt edits. Like they tried, they, there was a lot on the cutting room floor, and you could tell. Yeah. Um, but you know, the point was put across, and you know, North Carolina is the absolute perfect venue. You couldn't pick a better place for this thing to blow off. So. This is a great place to have this match, and I'm really looking forward to it. And a fight for the fallen, like that's gonna be, or that's it. Fight for the fallen is two weeks, right? Is that how we're doing it? No, no, no. Fight next for the week? fallen is only just next week, and then the week after they're going back to the Jacksonville. Week after is the okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, no. So uh, right, yeah, right, fight for the fallen. Yeah, North Carolina is the spot for this, and uh, I'm very excited. Uh, we then come back from commercial, and we have Tony again uh, with Andrade Elidolo. Um, with just like a guy, he's got a new guy, just a dude. Yeah, and better a guy with the clipboard and better music too. I might add, got some new music. Shout out Mikey Ruckus. And uh, right off the bat, he said the thing. 
He said the thing. Do I have to explain what the thing is? The, th- the thing, we know what the thing is. The thing is Tranquilo. He said Tranquilo, and everyone was like, eee! Yep, he, he, he said the, the Ingobernables thing. Uh, he then brings out Chavo fucking Guerrero Jr. Chavito! Um, hey, to love be, to see it. To be his new personal manager, because... His first Guerrero manager is kind of busy, so uh, let's get another Guerrero. Yeah, so he he got himself another Guerrero. You guys got some more Guerreros? Bring them on out. Shaw Guerrero's coming out next week. <laughs> is Shaw is Shaw back in WWE? What's she doing? I don't. She even, was on. She I was. Uh, she ring announced that women's tournament. Oh she was yeah. The ring for that. Okay, okay. She has appeared on AEW before. Yeah, maybe not. Uh this brings out El Triangulo de la Muerte. Yeah, it does. Oh boy, and you and, know what? So this was interesting because we talked about what was kind of going to happen here and kind of both of us were right, right? Like he's, you thought this is going to be like Andrade challenging Death Triangle and I said maybe this is Andrade joining Death Triangle. He kind of wants both. He wants uh, the uh, companionship of Penta and Phoenix. Uh, uh, why did I say it like that? Penta and Phoenix. Because, uh, because, because that's how Andrade kept saying it. Phoenix. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, uh, Phoenix. With, yeah, without the uh, uh, the partnership of one uh, according or one Ben. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> he did call him Ben at the first the first one. he was like Ben. Ben. Yeah, I, I, I heard that. Yeah, that was that yeah. was kind of funny. Whoops. That was good. <laughs> it, 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 it's Billy uh, Big Fish bollocks. <laughs> yeah, this was. I, I thought this was really well done and super interesting. Uh, so now you look like you have a budding feud between Pac and Andrade, uh, with Phoenix and Pentagon having to pick a side. And you know, will you know Andrade's success and you know their familiarity with him lead them away from Pac, who they've had to spend some time apart from? And you know, according you know to Andrade's own point, no gold yet. Ah, but here, here's my point: is that I I, I think it's going to be a feud. And here's why is because, you know, La Sombra was one of the faces of CMLL for so long, whilst uh, Phoenix and Penta both were faces of AAA. Um, By the time that uh, Phoenix and Penta had gone independent, uh, they were in a big feud with Rush, you know, La Sombra's. I don't necessarily think AEW really cares about as far as how they're going to book their like their feud in the future, unless, of course, Rush and Dragon Lee show up. Uh, on Andrade's side, which, hey, the way shit's going right now, I can't even count out at this point. Uh, wait, 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 wait. AEW, the, 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 the company that has Excalibur, who, who meticulously recounts storylines from other companies involving wrestlers, won't care about Yeah, but about I don't think that's going to... Whether, yeah, him mentioning it isn't going to affect how AEW books. Mm, yeah, I don't we'll think see. that's going to affect their booking decisions whatsoever. Um, I do think, yeah, we're going to get Andrade and Pac here. I don't think it's going to lead to a... My first guess is it doesn't lead to a split of Death Triangle, but could it? Yes, and that's what makes this intriguing. It could, and to be fair, let's face it, the, the, there have been starts and stops with, with El Triangulo since its formation, you know, right. because and a of lot the of pandemic. That's timing. Yeah, it's not all their fault. Yeah. Um, we haven't got to see them really in their final form, but if anything's going to get them there, it's going to be this feud with Andrade, so I'm excited. Um, We then get a recap of a segment that we really didn't see that involved uh, the Hardy family office and Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. So uh, 
That uh, we then get a backstage promo with Christian Cage and uh, Jurassic Express uh, saying that uh, I think it was next week they're gonna take them on and you know d- and destroy the Hardy family office, which I don't think they're gonna do that. Can you imagine just Marco Stun at home watching this like, mm. <laughs> right? Okay. All right, okay, guys, see you later. Okay. All right, see you guys later. Uh, we then get uh, QT Marshall and the factory with. Uh, with uh, Alex Marvez, and I guess it was a protein shake, not a not an iced coffee like I thought it was. And I love what? that QT Marshall is just dressed like John Favreau in that scene in Swingers where he goes to the swing bar to try to get laid. Yeah, and you know what? I... His only look is just is just that, except he's not gonna have a Heather Graham on the other side. Yeah, and you know what? I still just don't give a shit about QT Marshall. <laughs> Yeah. See, the thing is, uh, uh, you know, Mikey from Swingers was money and he didn't even know it. Uh, QT thinks he's money and doesn't know he isn't. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. You know what, though? I, I did watch a match recently. It was uh, with Andrade, ironically, uh, against Laredo Kid from an event in Atlanta that actually had a Nightmare Factory uh, ring apron. Ah, right. Yeah, that's so, where it is. That makes sense. Yeah, so it's like, huh, huh, okay. That was it's neat. just the factory now. Yeah, right. Uh, our fifth match of the evening, Orange Cassidy versus The Blade. Um, so this was a fun, very fun match. I am going to point out, though, well, first of all, I caught the Dragon Gate shirt on a hard cam for the first time during the women's match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, uh, I, I caught this person, too. We no longer have Everton fan, but right across the mercy, we have Liverpool fan. <laughs> In attendance. Oh, we got, I've got a proper scouser in it. Oh, yeah. we, we Well, Everton's in Liverpool, too. Oh, I'm, I'm just here to be a Liverpool fan. I'm watching all elite wrestling. <laughs> Everton's actually older than Liverpool. And Liverpool hmm. started as an as, as a breakaway from Everton. So, wow. Yeah, there you go. There's there's some of your football history. Other podcast, you. Jeff. Other podcast. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> other podcast. Um, I have a note on here, and I, I'm... I, I I must have been feeling something when I wrote this, and I forgot about it, but now I just remember why I wrote this. Um, so, uh, at one point, the Blade does a corkscrew tombstone pile driver. Very fun. Very to cool what, move. To which I wrote, fuck Just Incredible. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. I hate Just Incredible. <laughs> Always. This is not the first time you've mentioned your hatred for Just Incredible on this podcast. I, I will continue to seethe my hatred of Just Incredible. Fair. Forever, I'm sorry. Totally you, you will never convince me. I don't otherwise. really have strong feelings on Justin Incredible. I never really watched him wrestle that much. I don't really care. I don't really know much about him besides. I wrestle. saw too much of Justin Incredible during <laughs> during the later years of ECW. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like you know my ECW consumption was like pretty confined to just like the people I liked from it. So like I don't really remember or care much about Justin Incredible. I just don't give a shit about him. Yeah, oh, Jesus. Well, yeah. you know what? Lucky you. Lucky you. Yeah, I guess regard. so. so um, and unlike the blade. Yes, uh, Orange Cassidy does get the win over the blade, and uh, afterwards, Orange Cassidy uses the Nux against the blade. Little revenge, sweet Little revenge, taste of revenge. Yeah, absolutely, sweet revenge. Uh, Chris Statlander and the Bunny should get a big shout out for being very active on the outside of the ring and uh, really enhancing the match with it. I thought uh, they did a great. Job. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think they they did a fantastic job on that. That took a tope from Orange Cassidy and then uh Allie took a forearm shiver from her husband. Yep. Sure did. Speaking of forearm shivers, we didn't mention this uh that one Nyla put on uh Britt Baker. Oof. 
towards the end of that match, the fucking potatoed her. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Started to jump around there, but woof. There was a couple of big strikes on this show. Uh, yes, there were. Um, so, yeah, Orange Cassidy gets the win. I guess this feud probably continues. So Probably. We're probably going to get this best friends, Hardy family office stuff. I mean, the Hardy family office is big, so you can kind of do this. I guess they're probably treading some water until uh, Butch comes back. Yeah, I was saying, so, where, where the hell is Andy Williams these I days? I don't think he's hurt I, i'm not sure what the deal is i know he's been at home though so I, we talked about his his uh like bunny rescue story or like duck rescue story or he rescued a critter and then that's the last i've kind of heard from him so yeah but uh, i mean didn't you say he didn't you say they had to like cancel some sort of uh every time i die event every time i die did cancel a show so maybe that had something to do with it maybe butch is hurt hmm. interesting i haven't really talked about it though but he's uh he's chilling we then get a backstage segment with Alex Marvez interviewing Chris Jericho. But wait, it's not Chris Jericho. Whoa. Who is it? Who is it's, it? Who is it? It's the pain maker. The pain maker! You know, I, I really kind of wish he would actually keep that persona in New Japan because it, 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 it was something different, you know? Well, that's, I mean, that's, he needs it though. You're, that Jeff, that's the point is he needs it. He has to have it because he has to channel that anger and that violence to take on the most violent man in professional wrestling. Uh, it's just, I mean, to me, this reads as if you want to really, you know, read deep into it. I think it's a manifestation of Chris Jericho's inherent fear that he has to escape himself and take on an entirely new persona to run away from his pure unadulterated fear of the King Nick Gage. Uh, I'm going to quote a tweet that I'm insanely jealous of. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I think you know the one I'm talking about. Read it. Oh, God. The, 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 this tweet dropped uh, earlier in the week following WWE Monday Night Raw, something about John Cena, somebody posting a theory about about uh, John Cena's return and how he's actually possessed by The Fiend and uh, at Jody the Wrestler. Who I don't know is an actual wrestler. Maybe, probably is. Is a wrestler. Is a wrestler. Yeah, I don't know anything about Jody the wrestler, but uh, his response was, I just tried explaining this to my wife, and she started fucking my neighbor while I was talking. Why did you bring that up just now? <laughs> did you just want to read that tweet? Uh, yeah, I just want to read that okay. tweet. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, 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 nothing to do with, you know, weird, weird theories about, you know, personas and wrestling or anything it was just yeah i just feel like i had to get that out there because at jody the wrestler i am insanely jealous of oh, no, every, uh, i mean listen every time i start telling my girlfriend uh, uh theories about chris jericho she immediately goes and starts fucking the neighbor so like that is true yeah well see and i don't blame I, I keep talking i finish i still finish too so it's fine <laughs> she finishes and so do i <sighs> paul have there ever been tweets you've been jealous of that you didn't Commit literally to, commit every to the ether. I, every other tweet that I've never sent. <laughs> what? And modest. I live in and modest too. It's, it's how I can post so good. Wow. We then get a recap of uh, Cody Rhodes versus Tommy. Tommy. Tommy fucking Malachi Black. And uh, <laughs> Tommy. Yeah. I still Jeff. I, here's the thing though. I still don't get it. Get what? what does it mean? Is it symbolism? Like, what's the deal with these? guys? What's the deal? Uh, one of them's wearing black, the other one's wearing white. I don't understand it. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, you know what? The mind wobbles, as Kelly Bundy once said. And this is, you know, we talk about it here on this podcast all the time. This is the problem with subtext. Sometimes it'll just fly right over your head. Right. And what are you going to do then? What if your fans don't get it? 
What if you, that? What if you tweet something out about it and then it disappears and now we don't know what you actually said? This is just too highbrow for me is the problem. Oh. We, we, we can't be having this highbrow stuff in our professional wrestling. No, professional wrestling belongs in the gutter. That's right. And with that, our main event of the evening, which has nothing to do with the gutter at all, the IWGP US-Texas death rematch between... I don't know. There could have been some gutters in it. We, you know, it's, it's a Texas death match. You got, uh, you got kendo sticks. You got chairs. You got garbage cans. You could have a gutter. You got forks. I would, like someone, I would love... Oh man! Imagine like a like an old like or early '90s death match, and someone hits another guy with a gutter, uh, like in the head, and the, like the like the gutter thing is like on the guy's head, and just Bobby Heenan being like, "Yeah, it looks like he needs to get his mind out of the gutter." That he would be something Bobby Heenan might have said. Yes. Also, can you imagine Bobby Heenan? I've been thinking about Bobby Heenan a lot lately. Can, can you imagine Bobby Heenan calling like an FMW exploding ring match? Oh my god. <laughs> We need to learn how to resurrect human consciousness for that. Uh, I want the San Junipero thing from uh, from Black Mirror just so we can like turn the consciousness of commentators on for exploding death matches. You know, after that whole debacle, I would like Bobby Heenan to have commentated the end of the AEW exploding barbed wire death match. That's what I would like to see him commentate. You know, after that whole debacle with the uh, the Anthony Bourdain AI voice recreation, uh, hard pass yeah. for me, brother. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, just... I think that shit is foolish. <laughs> yeah, it, it ain't right, man. It ain't right. No, it ain't. I, I, I didn't like it in, in that Star Wars movie where they, you know, resurrected, you know, Peter Cushing. And fucking Carrie Fisher. Well, okay, in fairness, the Carrie, Carrie Fisher was alive when they filmed that. In no, fairness. but they, they CGI, a bunch of her shit was CGI'd. They used, well, yeah, they to make CGI'd her, well, yeah, her. To make, well, yeah, to make her younger. Because, no, I mean, they, they did the Peter Cushing thing to, like, scenes that she couldn't finish. Like, she didn't finish that movie. Wait, 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 wait. Which movie are we talking about? Or no, uh, I'm talking about Rogue uh, One. No, no, not fucking... They, they used dead Carrie Fisher in the uh, the third... The third... The J.J. Abrams one. Rise of Skywalker. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, they used dead Carrie Fisher all throughout Rise oh, of Skywalker. Oh, Jesus. Oh, well, fuck that noise. Yeah, yeah, it was creepy. And it's creepy, and it's like Uncanny Valley shit. Like, you can tell... How fake it is, and I hate it. It's all, it's stupid, yeah. and it's the future. And w wait till they figure out how to do it to wrestlers. Mm, 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 mm. You just fucking wait. Yeah, and the whole thing with, like, you know, the, 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 the Tupac hologram. Yeah, fuck that. I mean, the Tupac hologram is the only one that's okay with me because he is alive. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> Not that you're a conspiracy theorist or anything. Oh, by the way, what, what was it's called? Fact. Look it up. So wait a minute. So wait. wait, wait, wait. Do the wait. research. Time out. Speaking of conspiracy theories, so you said something about a double turn, and you never followed up on that. Oh, uh, the paymaker. That that was the other part of the turn. Oh, okay. If you want to really like lean into people hating you and liking the other guy, he brought the fucking paymaker back. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was pretty hated in New Japan. So, the pain maker is, I think the pain maker rules. I think it's one of the funniest. I mean, not unintentionally funny, obviously, but I think it's one of the best things Jericho's done because it's just so like fucking uh, uh, cool stepdad energy. Well, I just liked it because it was a different character for him, and which is good that he did that in New Japan, you know, because the well, first I mean, it's, that's because... what to expect from Chris Jericho. Like, he's the king of character evolution and making changes and adjustments, you know, seeing which way the wind's changing and, and you know, getting into it. Well, right, because I mean, yeah, because the, the, the match against Kenny Omega in New Japan, he was still very much in WWE Jericho mode. 
Right, which was the time to be that Jericho right. was the Captain Omega stuff. But and then, when he, you know, when he did right. the Naido feud. Which is, and then, like, Jericho is really good at, at, you know, sensing these type of things and knowing when it's time to pull the trigger on changes. Uh, something he's done successfully throughout his entire career. Uh, back to this match. Uh Violence. Dear God, there was a lot of violence. There was a fo- there was a fork in this match, kids. Yeah, I mean it was uh they what it was about 16, 17 minute match, maybe even less. Uh yeah, there was fork stabbing, uh very always sunny, very McPoyle. You get fork stabbed. Uh there was garbage cans. There was another big strike. Mox goes to hit Archer with a garbage can lid, and Archer just smashes it right back into Mox's face. That mm-hmm. was a big um and then, uh, yeah, barbed wire boards, a big barbed wire board spot. But yeah, this was a Texas death match with a little bit of a modified rule. So uh, if you've seen like a classic Texas death match, it's uh, 10 count pins, essentially, is like what an original Texas death match looks like. They got the pinfall part out and just did the 10 count. So it's like a Texas death match with last man standing stipulations. Yeah, because they did that. Right. Because that was the that was the same exact same step as the one in at Russell Kingdom. Is right. Yes. That, so yeah, the, the pinfall and I and getting rid of the pinfall part, I think, is a good idea. I think simplifying it a little bit I is uh, correct. Um, yeah, this is really good match. One we expected, one with an expected result. Uh, uh, oh wait, did we did we get the expected result, Jeff? Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, we did not. No, we Holy didn't. shit, we did not. Uh, yeah, we're burying the lead here. We got a new IWGP US champion. We do. Uh, it is Lance Archer's second reign as IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Champion. Uh, he is. Fox go through a barbed wire table and can't get up from because he's uh, he's stuck. He's stuck to the barbed wire. He just stuck to the barbed wire. So that was that was good storytelling right there. Uh, <laughs> Moxley. Yeah, I'm going to slip into strong style story mode for a second. Uh, Moxley fails his sixth defense of the IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Title. Uh, Lance Archer is the seventh generation champion of this title. Is he the first two-time champion as well, right? No, Moxley is. Oh, Moxley is the... Wait, when did Mox lose it? He had to forfeit it before King of Pro Wrestling uh, 2019 because of uh, Typhoon Hagibis preventing him from going there. So the match became uh, Lance Archer versus Juice Robinson instead of uh, Mox versus Juice Robinson. So Archer won it then, Mox got it back at night one of Wrestle Kingdom, and then they finally had their match at night two. Right, right. And, which, which then led to, you know, Minoru Suzuki. Okay, so not the first two-time champion. That is Mox's uh, uh, accolade. All right, fantastic. So this yep. is really interesting. And, yeah, the uh, the previously mentioned Hikuleo uh, comes out to the ring, uh, you know, tries to prove how tall he is by going over the top rope but having to push the top rope down a lot. This is a thing that guys that aren't big enough to do still like to do and should stop doing. Uh, except uh, Hikuleo is pretty big. If you have to push the rope down that much to get over the top, don't do it. That's yeah. my that's my rule of thumb. If you can, it, you it, unless you're as comfortable doing it as Kevin Nash is, you shouldn't do it. Uh, by the way, Hikaleo actually has like a couple of inches over Lance Archer. <laughs> well, this is interesting. Um, and shout out to uh to Sexual Jumanji who watched AEW tonight, most crucified on Twitter. Um, who uh, mentioned uh, who tweeted that there was no way Lance Archer is six eight, which is what he's billed at. Uh. And, you know, Hikuleo also billed at 6'8", but clearly about three inches taller than Archer. Uh, yeah, uh, Kazuchika Okada is billed as 6'3", uh, as and I was eye-to-eye with him. And I'm only 5'10", so, you know. 
Um, well, let's see what the American football database has to say about Lance. Okay, the American football database does have Lance Hoyt as a football player built at six foot eight. Well, there you go. So uh, interesting. Uh, yeah. So next week we will get Lance Archer versus Hikuleo for the IWGP US Heavy. Boy, you know, not a match we were expecting at the beginning of this show. I, I guess the monkey's paw kind of curled a little bit when we said, "Hey, maybe we should have John Moxley <laughs> defending the IWGP U.S. title every week." Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, what What do you think is next for Mox? A reunion with Shooter at NJPW Resurgence. That's what I think Ooh, is next for Mark. There's a good Mox. future. I like that. Oh yeah. I mean, we we can all get behind that one. Sure can. We love Shooter. Sure. Um, yeah, and with that, we close out, uh, night two of AEW Fighter Fest 2021. This was a fun show, even though the oh, first two shit. matches had, even though some matches had some problems, but... I saw a lot of really good energy, um, you know, around online, you know, the buzz around this show. People calling it the season finale or series finale of wrestling, calling it the <laughs> Dynamite After Mania. Uh, things like that, but you know, it did. It had a big show feel, and you know, pun intended. But you know, we talked about uh, special event exhaustion, and we're three weeks into it, and this was the best one yet. So no exhaustion here, bud. Well, only two, only two weeks into no, it. We no. had a road feature. Oh, you're right. Oh, right. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. You're right. My bad. My yeah. bad. Yeah. See, we we started out raging. See, you can't even keep track this, and obviously not exhaustion, if you can't even remember that there was already a special two weeks ago. <laughs> if it was dragging, I don't think we'd, uh, we, we'd probably be focusing on that more. But no, I think this was... Yeah, you're right. They, they've done a really good job taking this month and continuing to ramp it up, which is not easy. Road Rager was a really good show. Uh, night one, we really enjoyed night one, but this was the best of the crop so far. This show fucking kicked ass. Well, I mean... Nick Cage was here! Nick Cage was on this show! You know, sorry, <laughs> something was happening. Um, yeah, Cage I, was showing up in AEW. That's what was happening. That's right, and it, it just yeah, and I just shut down for a second because it just hit me that Nick Gage is in AEW. But also, you know, I, I did make a mention during this match that um, dur during the the main event uh, that I fully blame AEW for why my deathmatch tolerance is going up. So well, you know. good. I say good. <laughs> well uh yeah overall very strong show uh again some matches had some problems but um storytelling wise i think, I think storyline wise it, things progressed and oh god nick gage jesus we're, we're, we're just gonna fixate on nick gage quick, quick note because it's starting to hit the internet uh live as we are talking about this there's some video going around it looks like the camera caught moxley uh blading uh, during this match. And if you think that you're going to do a quote tweet about like skill of blading or how it's done or whatever, uh, put your fucking phone down and stop. Cause you don't know shit. Shut the fuck up. Or just preemptively shut the fuck up. Feel free to take a razor blade to your forehead at any time and show us how. Yeah. It's yeah, done, no, if you wanna, yeah. If you want to, here's, if you want to quote tweet, if you want to fucking quote tweet that and like talk about how it's done, then you can only quote tweet it with a video of you yourself with looking at your phone and sticking a blade into your fucking forehead. Other yeah, than by, that, shut up. By all means. Yeah, please. <laughs> by the way, there was a blade job in uh in that WrestleMania 13 match, and both uh Austin and and Bret Hart have confirmed that. So maybe shut up. The only the blade up. job that you need to worry about is uh Braxton Sutter losing a match. 
Braxton. So why do I know that name? The, he's the he's the blade. Oh. Uh, okay, you're right. Pepper Parks. My bad. I'm sorry, Pepper Parks. Oh, right. That, is that better for you? Yes, it is. Sorry. Uh, you're right. You got it me. It is a very fun wrestler name. You got me. Jeff, plug yourself. Uh, No, that's your job. Oh, okay. I was going to try to flip the script on you. You can find me on Twitter at CoolStepUncle, Twitch at twitch.tv slash thickflare, all C's, no K's. And of course, follow this podcast on Twitter at bgtd podcast that's bgtd like boom goes the dynamite rampage rapidly approaching and uh we're gonna have some sort of companion to that so stay tuned some sort of companion yeah i'm not gonna i don't want to like talk fully about format form and fashion and what it's gonna look like because we haven't totally hammered that out yet um and and, and plus the last time and plus, the last time you promised that, you ended up having to retract that in the worst way. Because I thought it was actually so I and I said this at the time, I retracted it in what I think is the best way, because what I think we learned is that you shouldn't make content about shows like Dark and Elevation. You should just watch them in the background and like enjoy some matches. In the meantime, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter, my personal Twitter, at GDWessel2S1L. Um, the Kickstarter is funded, but it's still going on for 12 more days, so please. Congratulations. Check- Thank you, thank you. So please check out Kickstarter.com, search Takedown Number 1, and uh, please give to that. because Actually, no, it, I'm sorry, it just looked like I flipped over to 10 days ago. My bad. So I thought it was, tw- I guess I hadn't refreshed the page lately. Um, but the, the project is funded, so uh, if you pledge something, you will get something, and that is guaranteed. Um, also, uh, Chris and I did Strong Style Story on, uh, on Sunday. And we we talked uh, some uh, some other Bullet Club members showing up at the end of uh, episodes of other companies. So uh, yeah, <laughs> it's been a thing lately. It seems just the Bullet Club just kind of showing up at the end of shows. Who knew? Um, I don't think there's going to be a busting balls this week. I think John and I still need a break after <laughs> after the whirlwind that was Euro. So. Uh, we're so, uh, taking... Euro was indeed a, a whirlwind, Forza Italia, and also uh, Poland tied Spain, and that rocked. They did. <laughs> yes, they did. Actually, Lewandowski tied Spain, because Lewandowski is the only player worth a damn on Poland. And you know what? My honey agrees, and she's the actual pole in this relationship, so <laughs> she can uh, she can say that too. So, <laughs> Paul, any last words? <laughs> Any last words? <laughs> hey, motherfucker! All fucking day. We'll see you next week for fight for the fallen. And again.